Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the church, campus locations, service times, and more, visit ecoegt.com. Also, stay in touch with us on social media by liking us on Facebook and following us on Instagram, at ecoegt. Now let's repair our hearts as we go into the message. How many has ever seen that little monster before? <laughs> Today we start a new sermon series titled Inside Out. And it's after the movie, Inside Out. The film was directed by Pete Docter and co-directed by Ronnie Dale Carmen. And the film is set in the mind of a young girl named Riley Anderson, where five personified emotions, joy, sadness, anger, fear, Disgust. I mean, he's ever had those emotions before. They tried to lead her life as she and her parents adjust to their new surroundings after moving from Minnesota to San Francisco. And the storyline is this. At the age of 11, Riley and her parents moved to San Francisco for her father's new business. Riley has poor first experiences. A new house is cramped and old. The moving van with their belongings is misdirected. Her father is under stress with his new business, comes home, expressing anger and stress. So when sadness begins touching Riley's happy memories, turning them sad, joy tries to guard them by isolating her. To make matters worse, on Riley's first day at her new school, sadness accidentally causes Riley to cry in front of her class, creating a sad core memory. Joy begins to panic, tries to dispose of it, but accidentally knocks the other core memories loose during a struggle with sadness, deactivating the personality island. Joy, sadness, and the core memories are sucked out of headquarters and taken to the maze-like storage of long-term memory. Anger, fear, disgust try to maintain Riley's happiness and Joy's absence with disastrous results, distancing her from her parents, friends, and hobbies. Does it sound familiar? As a result of her personality, islands gradually crumble and fail one by one into the memory dump, an abyss where emotions are forgotten. Finally, anger inserts an idea into the console, prompting Riley to run away to Minnesota. I submit to you that unhealthy emotions will cause you to act and react in unhealthy ways. By your relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you are, you are made whole. But living that wholeness out is a different matter. God wants to bring healing in your emotions. Because if your emotions are healthy, then you will begin to act and react in healthy ways. 
Challenges are going to come. Disappointments are going to happen. But if you're given to emotions of anger, then you'll find yourself out of control. You'll find yourself being manipulated by how you feel in the moment. Instead of being controlled by the spirit of liberty and freedom. In your notes, the first point I want to talk about. Point number one, emotions are powerful. Now, we're going to quickly go through point A, B, and C, and they're very important because I want you to write them down quickly. A, emotions lead to feelings. So it's important that your emotions are healthy because emotions lead to feelings, and feelings lead to desire. Feelings lead to desires, and then desires lead to action. Before there's an act, there's a desire to do the act. Before there's a desire, there's a feeling. And at the genesis of that feeling, there's an emotion that's created that feeling. If we are unhealthy emotionally, then this will directly affect our happiness, our satisfaction, and our level of contentment. It will affect our walk with God. You and I have been called to live life more abundantly in Christ Jesus. John 10.10, the thief has come to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. But how can we live the abundant life when we're controlled by anger? How can we live the abundant life when we have the emotion of shame and guilt underlining everything else of our life. Oh, we have a great worship service. We have a great time in the presence of the Lord. But then we leave and we have feelings of guilt and condemnation. And these emotions that are fractured and broken keep us imprisoned. But I'm here to announce to you, Jesus has the key to unlock your prison today. And he's going to bring health to your life. We're called to live life more abundantly. Jesus Christ came to give us a better life than we could ever imagine, better than we could ever dream. But the sad reality is we have anything but life more abundantly. And the core reason is many of us are damaged in our emotions, which affects our feelings, which affects our desires, which leads to our actions. Emotional health is the key. I believe emotional health is the key to living a satisfying and fulfilled, abundant life in Christ Jesus. Which brings us to our second point. I want you to write this word, wholeness. Wholeness. Christ came and went to the cross to bring wholeness to our lives. Well, what is Wholeness. What do you mean by that word wholeness, preacher? From a biblical standpoint, wholeness is the act of becoming more and more like Jesus. And it is the process of transformation or, or sanctification where healing of our brokenness occurs. See, wholeness is the opposite of brokenness. When things are broken, there's no wholeness. Jesus Christ has come to bring 
wholeness. And the way our brokenness is, is restored is through the act of transformation, through that, that, that idea of sanctification. It's the act of being made holy in Christ Jesus. And through the act of becoming more like Jesus, reflecting his glory, reflecting his life, his character, then there's healing in our emotions. And we begin to walk that abundant life. How many want that abundant life today? We're going to have quite a few scriptures today, so hold with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. In the context of this passage is Paul is referring to the Old Testament where Moses went to Mount Sinai and as he was up at Mount Sinai getting the, the commandments, the, the Shekinah glory filled the, the, the mountain. And when, my, when Moses came down, he was reflecting that glory because in the cloud he was beholding God. He was in the presence of God. And when he came down, he was reflecting that presence and they had to put a veil on him. So in that context, it says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. That, that which is hid, the image of God, the glory of God, wholeness, healing, is taken away, that veil. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. How many want that freedom today? So all of us who have had that veil removed can see, they can behold, and then they can reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. <clears throat> so follow the thought here. How is the veil taken away? When someone believes or turns to the Lord. So when one accepts Jesus as Lord, the veil of unbelief is removed and a person can see Christ clearly and the Spirit takes up residence. Now notice the next statement. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom from sin. There is freedom from brokenness. There is freedom from bondage. How many claim that today? So the veil has been removed so we can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. Now, going back to that Old Testament example, Moses both beheld and reflected the glory of God. And like Moses, we, we are being transformed into, into the likeness of Christ as we are sanctified by the Spirit of God. But the transformation that takes place in the followers of Jesus has an ever-increasing glory unlike Moses' fading glory. So as Moses came down from the mountain, from the presence of the Lord, as the days passed, his glory faded. The glory began to diminish. But because you and I go to the mountain of the Lord every day, because you and I, by the Spirit of the Lord, can enter the Holy of Holies, we can have an ever-increasing likeness of Christ, which brings freedom and as we are transformed by this ever-increasing glory. Paul says, the Lord who is the Spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. 
And this is where wholeness and healing happens. When you become more and more like Jesus, you reflect more and more of his image. You reflect more and more of his actions. You reflect more and more of who he is. This is where our fallenness is dealt with. This is where emotional health is developed and obtained. Did you know this was Paul's prayer for the church of Thessalonica? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Paul says, now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless till our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. And God will make this happen. <laughs> Wholeness in your spirit, soul, and body. God will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. Look at your neighbor and say, my God's faithful. <laughs> my God's going to heal my emotions. My God's going to touch my brokenness. No longer will I be controlled by shame. No longer will I be manipulated by guilt. No longer will I be subject to anger. No longer will I allow these things to control me. I will walk in wholeness. I will walk in freedom in the name of Jesus. Another translation puts the verse like this. May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole. Notice that holy and whole. May he make you holy and whole. Put you together. That's what wholeness means. Be put back together. Spirit, soul, and body. And keep you fit for the coming of our master, Jesus Christ. The one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he will do it. So notice the prayer. He'll make you holy in every way. Holy and whole. Let me give you a point of interest here. Holy and wholeness go together. Let me prove that to you. Go back to the very beginning. Adam and Eve is in the garden. God comes down in the cool of the day. He walks with them. Why? Because there's no fractured relationship. They're holy. They're cleansed. They're pure. And they're together. There's oneness there. God comes down, walks with them. God gives him authority over the the fowl, the air, and the fish of the sea, and he reigns over everything. Now, 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 hear me. So in the garden, there was holiness and there was wholeness, but then the fall came. So before the fall, they were whole, but immediately when the sin entered in, then the emotions were fractured, and it tells us they recognized because their eyes were open that they were naked. And what was the feeling they felt from being naked? There was shame. You say, well, how do you know there was shame? Because they searched for a covering. Why are you trying to cover something if you're not shameful? Why are you trying to cover and hide something if you don't feel guilty? Why do you try, why do you try to hide something and, and not be your real self if you're not embarrassed of what, of what your story is? See, that's the emotion of shame. That's the emotion of, of guilt. And then there's bitterness, there's anger, because when God confronts Adam, Adam says, it's that woman you gave me, God. And we've been blaming one another ever since. The emotions were damaged at the fall. Right now, you may be thinking, well, the reasons my emotions are unhealthy is because someone or something hurt me. They damaged me. 
And now you want me to open up and let something or someone have access to my damaged emotions? These emotions, damaged they may be, protect me. They insulate me from further hurt. They keep people out or far away from me. They, they protect me. It may be in a sick way, but they protect you. They, they isolate you. So, so we hold on to that shame. We hold on to that guilt. We hold on to that anger because in some way of our brokenness, we feel like these things are protecting us. But hear me today. God wants to liberate you and set you free. But you've got to invite him in to those broken emotions. You say, no way, Jose. Ain't no way. Somebody or somebody, someone hurt me and you want me to let somebody else in? Huh. Hear what Paul says. The one who called you is faithful. He is completely dependable. <laughs> he will do it. As you and I engage the presence of God, as you and I engage the word of God, as you and I engage and step into the river of God, as you and I engage the spirit of the Lord, we are being transformed into the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ. And as you're being transformed and sanctified, your emotions are being healed. But many people like, they just like the feeling of being stuck. So many people have been stuck in their broken emotions for so long that the brokenness becomes normality. And what is familiar is the broken normality. It's been so normal for so long, you don't know what real wholeness is. You don't know what walking in freedom is. What you call right now freedom isn't freedom. Oh, somebody needs to get that. What you're calling freedom right now really isn't freedom. It's not what God's intended for you. He wants there to be healing in your emotions so you can lay your head down at night knowing there's no offense, there's nothing, there's no anger, there's no bitterness, there's no shame, there's no guilt because it's under the blood of Jesus Christ. And if somebody offends me, somebody does something I don't like, I'm not going to react to them. I'm going to show them the love of Jesus Christ. Why? Because I'm whole. I'm healed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. That's the freedom we're speaking about today. God is faithful. Trust him. He's dependable. He'll do it. Reason we can't have intimacy in our marriage sometimes is because our emotions are broken. Reason our home is filled with fractured relationships and bitterness is because damaged emotions and that, that cycle goes on for years. We pass it down to the next generation. They have anger. They're walking in guilt. They're walking in shame. I'm here. I wish somebody today will say no longer. I wish somebody will say, as for me and my house, it's not going to happen anymore. I'm going to stand in my liberty. I'm going to stand in my freedom. He's going to heal me. So in turn, my children can walk in victory. Will somebody give him praise? Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. 
I pray that this will change the way you look at this verse. Philippians 1 verse 6, Paul says, I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work, the good work, until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. He who began a good work, the work of God in you is a good work. And that he will continue his work. What is this type of work? A work of restoration. Restoring what? Restoring the divine image. Your togetherness. Your wholeness. Your life as it was before the fall. Complete communion with the Father. See, his work has to do with healing your damaged emotions so you no longer are living out of brokenness, but you learn to live from a place of wholeness and healing. I'm not going to tell you people won't hurt you again. Yes, they will. But it won't find a lodging place in your spirit. It won't find a lodging place in your heart. Why? Because you're whole. Because you're healed. Because your emotions are healthy. And because your emotions are healthy, that hurt and that disappointment will go off you like water on a duck's back. No longer will you be manipulated by that hurt. No longer will you be controlled by those things, those insults. But you'll walk in the liberty that's found in Jesus Christ. And you'll live this life more abundantly in him. Can somebody give him praise? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm ready. I'm ready for that type of life. How do you live, operate from a place of wholeness and healing? Because you're learning to reflect the image of Christ. Because the spirit of Christ, of life in Christ Jesus, has made you free from the law of sin and death. Go with me to the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 verse 2. Because you belong to him, who? God. Because you belong to him, to the Father. Because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. Notice, the weakness of of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Now, notice verse 3. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature, because of our brokenness, because of our damaged emotions, because of that sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his son in a body like the bodies we have. He sent his own son into a broken, frail human body where our brokenness abides. Now, notice this. 
in that body, that body of flesh, that, that, that body of humanity that is broken, that is fractured. In that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us. So church, you need to see yourself and you need to live as a person who was healed and whole because the curse has been broken over your life. Jesus entered into our world, took up a body just like ours, had the same emotional makeup as every man, boy, woman, and child in this place, but he brought togetherness and wholeness. And in Christ Jesus, you see the perfect man. And God declared an end to sin's control over your life. You say, I just can't help. That person hurt me so bad. I just can't help it. I've gone through so much stuff. I just can't help the way I do. I just can't help not trusting anybody. I just can't help being angry all the time. Yes, you can. You can invite the presence of the Holy Spirit into your life and ask him to heal those emotions. And I believe he'll do it. Can somebody say amen? The Father declared an end to sin's control. Now we got to choose to walk in wholeness, emotional health, and enjoy life more abundantly. And that wholeness comes by engaging the presence of God in your life. We just came out of a series, Growing in Your Faith. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. How we are engage the Spirit. We are to engage in our personal growth. Paul told them that veil's been removed. And because that veil's been removed, now you can reflect the glory of Jesus Christ. And as you behold his glory, you're going to be changed into his likeness. And the more you're changed into his likeness, the more togetherness, the more wholeness, body, soul, and spirit begins to happen. No longer are you fractured, but you are healed. And you begin to walk in that. It's a continual walk. Can somebody say amen? Which brings us to our third point. Let's deal for a few moments with the emotion of anger. Anger. Maybe you never saw yourself as being angry. Before you leave here, I'm going to show you where you're angry. <laughs> That's funny. I'm sorry. Write this under A, persistence. Persistence is the key to conquering your enemies and moving toward emotional health. Persistence. You can continually move to emotional health. And can I say it's not a destination as it is a journey. You continue to walk in that emotional health. When things come up, things attack you, and you're dealing with some of that brokenness again, you take it to the Lord. You take it to the presence of God. In his presence, he just begins to heal. So it's a journey. You continue to walk in emotional health. I want to take you to a passage in the Old Testament, 2 Samuel chapter 22. And here David has composed a song. I mean, he's excited. But in this song, we see the goodness of God. And the song is composed of the occasion of God delivering David from Saul's aggression and from all of his enemies. And we pick up in verse 31, and we hear the prayer of David. We hear the song 
of David. Listen to him sing. God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? God is my strong fortress. He makes my way perfect. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. He trains my hands for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a a bronze bow. You have given me your shield of victory. Your help has made me great. You have made a wide path for my feet to keep from them from slipping. I chased my enemies and destroyed them. I did not stop until they were conquered. I consumed them. I struck them down so they did not get up again. They fell beneath my feet. Get that verse in your spirit. I chased my enemies. I destroyed them. I did not stop persistence. I did not stop until they were conquered. I consumed them. I struck them down so they did not get up. They fell beneath my feet. God's ways are perfect. The Lord's promises prove true. God's a strong fortress. He makes our way perfect. He trains our hands. He strengthens our arms. Your help has made me great, the psalmist said. I chased my enemies. I destroyed them. I did not stop until they were conquered. I struck them down so they did not get up. They fell beneath my feet. Notice that phrase, I chased my enemies. I chased rejection. I chased pain. I chased hurt. I chased offense. I chased anger. I chased resentment. I chased depression. I chased worry. I chased anxiety until they fell underneath my feet. These are the things that weigh us down. These are the enemies that will hinder us from growing. And these are the enemies that will stunt our spiritual growth. But I did not stop until they were conquered. Get that fight in you. Get that spiritual determination within you. God, I'm going to keep going to your presence. I'm going to keep running to your presence. I'm going to get up every morning and read your word. I'm going to get up every morning and go to the tabernacle and pray. I'm going to get up every day and I'm going to get into your presence. Every day, I'm going to step into that river. I wasn't healed yesterday, but today's a new day. Today may be the day where I am totally set free and I begin to operate and live out of wholeness. Persistence. Write this under B. A culture of anger. We're living in a culture of anger. Anger is everywhere. TV shows, video games, road rage, politics. Anger fills our homes. In his book, Jeffrey Fro writes, That American child who watches three hours of children's television programming a day. Children's programming. Not the tough stuff. Children's programming a day. will see 4,380 good acts in a year. But 15,330 acts of violence in that same time. He writes strong evidence from... Research indicates that abundant exposure to violent programming 
video games is linked to aggressive attitudes, values, and behaviors. In a broad review of more than 100 studies involving 130,000 male and female participants from around the world, researchers found that violent video games increased aggressive thoughts, angry feelings, bodily arousal, like heart rate and blood pressure, and aggressive behavior that they decrease empathy for others and helping behavior. On the other hand, the article writes, exposure to pro-social content is linked to good deeds and kindness toward others. Hear me. Lest we think it's just the youth and the kids. I remind you that what is true for kids is also true for adults. What we set our minds on determines how we will think, how we will feel, and how we will behave. Let me give you another research. According to AAA Foundation for Traffic Study, nearly 80% of U.S. drivers express significant anger, aggression, or road rage behind the wheel at least once in the past year. That's a whole lot of y'all in this place. The most alarming findings suggest that approximately 8 million U.S. drivers engage in extreme examples of road rage, including purposely ramming another vehicle or getting out of the car to confront another driver. Many drivers reported engaging in the following types of road rage. 51% purposeful tailgating. Ladies, there's a brake pedal there for a reason. I'm teasing, don't get upset. 47% yelling at another driver. 47% yelling. You know you've been yelling through that window. 45%, listen, honking to show annoyance or anger. 33%, making angry gestures. And I don't think they're talking about facial expressions either. 24% trying to block another vehicle from changing lanes. I must confess, I might be guilty of that. You're going to pass me, I'll show you. You ain't going to squeeze in there. Uh-uh, I'm going to show you. You ain't going to, uh-uh. All right, all right, yes, you can. We're living in a fractured society. We're living in a broken culture. Psalm 37 verse 8 says, and I love how the New Living Translation puts it, stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. Church, it's time to turn from our rage. The psalmist says, stop being angry. Angry. See, the final fill in the blank. Now is the time. Now is the time. Today is the day. Not when you feel like it. Not when you're ready. Now is the time. Why do you want to live in prison to those broken, fractured emotions? Why not receive his healing today? Colossians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul writes in verse 8, Now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, 
malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Notice this, be renewed as you learn to know and become like him. How do you do that? By engaging the presence. That veil's been removed, so go to the mountain of the Lord, the glory of the Lord. You're reflecting the glory because you're beholding the glory. You know that word restore, renew? Here in the Greek, that word renew means to be or become reestablished in a light, new, or often improved manner. To become reestablished in a light, new. Jesus came so that you might be restored. So that fractured, broken relationship might be restored with the Heavenly Father. So that mankind may once again know what sweet communion with the Father is all about. And Jesus' prayer for his disciples and for his church before he left in John 17 was this. Jesus said, as I and the Father are one, I pray that you and the Father become one. That unbroken relationship, that togetherness. And as we are walking in together with the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God is moving in us, we're beholding in the glory of God. And we begin to reflect the glory of God. Get this. You behold the glory you begin to reflect the glory. My God ain't broken. <laughs> My God's not broken. So you begin to reflect wholeness. You begin to reflect healing. You begin to reflect what it is to walk in togetherness. And as you begin to reflect that wholeness, you'll realize you're not walking out of broken relationship, broken emotions. You're walking out of healed emotion. You'll wake up one day and you realize, I don't struggle with anger like I used to. I don't care if I get there three minutes earlier. He wants to have, come on in, sir. Have that lane with me. Share it with me. See, we're not angry at the person who hurt us. <coughs> because that anger isn't hurting them, it's hurting you. You wake up one day and you realize, there ain't no bitterness in me. Oh, I have, the, the world tells me I need to be bitter. The world tells me I have every reason to be bitter, but I'm walking in freedom. I'm walking in wholeness. I'm walking in emotional health. How many can say, thank you, Jesus? Let us pray. Father, I thank you for your word, opportunity we have to share your word today. Father, we open our hearts to you. Lord, there's so many of us so many of us, we often operate out of our broken emotional. We're unhealthy emotionally. Today, God, we've come to receive healing. Paul, you told the church of Thessalonica that your whole being, body, soul, and spirit would be kept into that day. That there would be a togetherness, body, soul, and spirit. Father, I pray right now. I pray there will be healing in some emotions. In the very soul, that seat of our emotions. The very soul of who we are. God, where those insecurities often lie. God, where that shame often holds its, and rears its ugly head. Where that, where that guilt and that worry is seated, Lord. 
those mistrust, feelings of mistrust. Father, heal us in the innermost parts of our being. We realize today emotions are powerful. For emotions lead to feelings and feelings lead to desires and desires lead to actions. If our emotions are damaged, our feelings will be damaged. It will create wrong desires and actions. Lord, I pray. I pray for healing in this place. As our head is bowed and our eyes are closed. You'll say, you know, Pastor, I know I'm a Christian. I know. I know I have Jesus living in my heart. I know I believe in Him. But I find myself walking in brokenness. And I realize today, because my emotions are damaged, those emotions have become unhealthy. I can give you a list of reasons why but at this moment the why doesn't matter it's the how how do I become healed how do I experience wholeness how do I walk in wholeness there's no easier example than for me to tell you you got to get into the presence of God you got to get into the presence of the Lord you got to get into the Shekinah. you got to get into the river. And as you begin to behold the presence of God, you'll begin to reflect who He is, His nature. For Christ has come to do His work in you, His work of restoration, His work of healing, His work of restoring the divine nature, His work this day. You're here today and you say, Pastor, emotions are damaged. I'm dealing with guilt. I'm dealing with shame. I'm dealing with anger. I'm dealing with all kind of stuff. And I'm reacting out of that place of brokenness. I just want to be transparent for a moment. I need God. I need God to bring healing to my emotions. You're here right now. Just lift your hand. Just lift your hand. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid right now. Right now. God touched you. Holy Spirit. Now, I want to specifically talk about anger just for a moment. You know, sometimes we think of anger as only as this explosive temper. There's this thing called passive aggressiveness. Where you passively show your anger, your displeasure, by having a non-cooperative spirit. You have a non-cooperative spirit. When others are being blessed, you just just don't want to, you don't want to rejoice with them. When, when others need a little bit of help, you're just going to let them, let them struggle on their own because you're passive aggressive. Instead of giving your wife what she needs, the accolades, the, the affirmation, because she's not meeting your needs, you're passively aggressive toward her, so you won't give her the compliment she needs. That's anger. here today and you realize you've got a problem with anger in your life and you want God to heal that place, that emotion you want to walk operate out of healthiness I want you to lift your hand just for a moment just lift your hand right now yes God, yes God yes Jesus 
you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal life, Savior, today's the day of salvation. Now is the time. Wholeness begins by removing the veil, the veil of unbelief. And that veil of unbelief has held the reality of who Jesus is to you. But today, you're ready to remove that veil of unbelief. And you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If that's you, just lift your hand up real quickly and put it back down. I see that hand. God loves you. I see that hand. Today's the day of salvation. It comes to your house. I want us all to pray this prayer together out loud. All of us. Jesus, Jesus I surrender to you. I surrender to you. I accept you as my Lord. I accept you as my Lord. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died. And I believe you rose again. I believe you rose again. I confess you as my Lord. I confess you as my Lord. Give me your spirit. Give me your spirit. Heal my brokenness. Heal my brokenness. I surrender all to you. I surrender all to you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Amen. Amen.